Hello, boys and girls, and everyone else listening. Uh, another episode of UI is dropping, and uh, we have some very uh, cool guests with me today. As always, Matt C. And uh, we have our new rotational co-host, Megan, is here joining us. Uh, she's excited. She's been chomping at the bits to be like, listen, I have a lot to talk about. I need to get heavy with this Patriots talk. We're going to have a Patriots-centric podcast today. And uh, I also I'm going to announce at the beginning, at the end of the episode, uh, my Celtics jersey giveaway starting for the playoffs. I didn't tell the guys this because I wanted to kind of look surprised, but uh, Celtics jersey giveaway is going to be for first round series of the playoffs. We're going to give that away at the end of the episode. I'm excited. Uh, Megan, how are you? It's good to have you on. I'm great. I got a lot to get off my chest. I've just been boiling up, so I'm Good. ready. Let it boil. And as always, the super handsome Matt C uh, is with us today. Matt, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to go. I got a lot to talk about with this whole Mac Jones. It seems and... like we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of feelings. It's a, it's a quick. It's like a specific subject that can you can kind of tangent into a bunch of different like aspects of it. So you know, we can probably talk. Yeah. The entire podcast about it. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a uh, it's never a dull moment. I think with the Patriots in the off season, I feel like it, it's it's the middle of fucking March, and nothing's going on, or end of March, I should say, and nothing's going on. If you know, we're still three weeks away from uh, from the draft. You know, most people are talking about baseball and ramping up the season for that, and and then you get these bombs about Mac Jones wanted to be traded or being shopped around by Bill Belichick. Like, I was like, look, usually we do a show about once or twice, you know, every two weeks. I was like, we need to have a double, we need to double dip on this and just kind of talk about this because I feel like this, um, I don't know. Look, I'm not the first guy to trust Florio. I don't, I'm not a big believer in Florio. I don't think he has a lot of sources. I think him and Albert Breer, for me, are neck and neck for biggest bozos as far as New England news. I don't really trust anything they say. And more often than not, they've been proven wrong, right? So, Well, they're more outside guys, too. It's not really like Jeff Howie or Doug Sheed who had more connections with the teams. Yeah. So, yeah. So what you, okay, so, Hold on. Is it Jeff Howie? I don't Is know. I, think, I just say Howie. You know what? It, in my head, I, like, I say Howie, no, I don't. No, know. I see. I see how in my head. But it has an E. Oh, I don't know. It, it, that, maybe it's a silent E. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Uh, I we apologize, Jeff How How E, for butchering your last name in advance. Uh, Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones. Yes. Let's talk about it. Megan, you you seem to be you're you're the newest. You're you know this is your first time coming on with us. I'll give you the floor first. Uh, uh, I appreciate. It. My lights just went this? out. Uh, the Mac, uh, Mac Jones rumors, I feel like it depends on who, which side it's come from. First of all, I believe that there is definitely some tension between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. That seems to be consistent. As far as like how far they're willing to go, I don't believe the trade rumors just because I believe that Bill has to win this season. I believe he has to get to the playoffs. And I do believe that he doesn't think he can do that with Zappi. Unless again, Lamar, which I think is kind of maybe why Kraft said what he said, not only mm-hmm. to maybe like, oh, Lamar likes Patriots, so other people still like Patriots. Right. I think it's also the fact of 
okay, Bill, if you want to give it a Mac, Lamar likes to would like to come to us. Right. I so I feel like if you give it a Mac, you gotta you gotta bring in somebody else for yeah. Bill, and I feel like Bill is not gonna pay it for Lamar. So I don't think I don't see Mac going anywhere this this season. I mean, I don't think I saw him leaving per se. I, I'm just surprised that they're throwing this out there, you know, because yeah. you're you're talking about a team that's like thrives to be in secrecy in a way. Like they they like to mm-hmm. operate under the radar. They don't like to let their business out there. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I think there's a report out there supposedly that Bill Belichick was angered because. Mac Jones consulted the Alabama coaches last season because the offense was a mess. And if I'm Bill Belichick, what the fuck do I got to be upset about when the mess was created by Bill Belichick? Mm-hmm. By putting a defensive coordinator as your offensive coordinator and making him in charge of running an offense that was completely inept at times. It was sterile. It was bad. Yeah. I feel right? like everyone knew that was going to happen too. Like, yeah. I think Bill tries to outsmart himself sometimes, and yeah. it seems like the success kind of got to his head to the point where he can't be questioned. And given Mac is new to the league, but Mac also seems like he, you know, he knows the game, and he's kind of like a strong head football player. As far as I know, he like he taught Bill uh, Bill O'Brien back in Alabama the plays when he first came in. So I feel like you have a rookie. Well, we're not rookie. Well, you had this new. Matt Patricia, offensive coordinator, and guys like he doesn't know the plays, like he doesn't know what I'm doing. So I can see both. The, I see where Mac was coming from, and I don't think Mac's wrong for it. But I feel like in Bel- Belichick's mind, it was kind of like a distrust, and how dare you, as a second-year QB, question me? I mean, I'm gonna roll my eyes a little bit at that because <laughs> again, I it's 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 Bill, and we've known that he's his ego is uh, yeah. quite is quite large. Um, I just don't understand how you can get mad at I me. Mean, should he have should he have done that? No. Matt? No, I don't think Matt yeah. should have done it. And, I, and everybody came out of the draft, right? Matt, for example, like what was Mac Jones like one of his main like qualities about him coming out of the draft and you know when he was drafted? Ha, smart, uh, smart. Smart, right? Yeah, Quick smart, learners, intelligent. intelligent, smart. He's uh, able to, you know, uh, pick up offenses and learn on the fly, and he's able to adapt very quickly. You know, yeah, he was a person who was all very open to being coached. He liked being coached. He even yeah. said he liked being coached hard. Um, I mean, Matt, way in here, man. Like, what do you think about this whole thing? Oh. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I... so I mean, let's go specifically about like him reaching out, you know, during the season. I think, first of all, if he reached out to Bama, so that like that report's true. He reached out thinking it was okay to reach out. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. way he reaches out to the University of Alabama coaching staff. This, the out of any coaching staff in college football that has more connections to Bill Belichick, it's it's Alabama. So right. when he if he reached out to Alabama, I have to imagine he in his mind didn't think that he was doing something wrong. That yeah. being said, I get why Belichick was mad that he went outside the organization. Because regardless of whether it was, you know, all Bill's fault where they were even in this position, and in a lot of it was, right. I would as the leader of the pack that Belichick is in this situation, I would personally be pretty pissed. And it's an embarrassing look for Belichick and the team that if 
he's calling another coaching staff. And again, even if it was Nick Saban who was close to Belichick, you could argue that it's even more embarrassing mm-hmm. if Mac Jones is calling Nick Saban and saying, this is a disaster up here. Help us. Like, that's a t- terrible, terrible look. For yeah, Bill but do you think again, that that's he, what he, he said? I don't think that's, I mean, like, again, it could be a couple of two things. It could be like, it's a disaster up here. Or it could be like, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Help me how I can make this team better. Because there's two ways you can have that yeah, conversation. But he, yeah, but you got to think in the big picture of thing. If you're calling outside for help, there is, you could sugarcoat it of, I need help. And mm-hmm. not that it's a disaster, but everybody right. knows it's because it is a disaster. So right. the second you reach out, you're you're telling whoever you're reaching out to that what you're doing isn't working. And clearly the coaching staff that was around them isn't the answer. Like no matter what, how, how Mac wanted to sugarcoat it, that is what happened. So I get why Belichick was mad on that. Mm-hmm. But. I agree with what you guys were saying also on the sense that it was, I mean, it was kind of his own fault. Yeah. And and like, and it wasn't really like a top secret that it was a disaster either. So like, I mean, everyone knew who was watching. Yeah. Like everybody, the, everybody, yeah. everybody watching knew it, it was a complete, it was not working mess out there. Correct. Right. And then, and then I, think I still it, don't think that changes though. Like yeah. the fact that if it's any bit more embarrassing to reach yeah. out elsewhere, I would be like, you got to think if you're like a boss, and you're the leader of any team or you're the leader of any group and you're trying to teach the people under you and you're going to another company and saying, hey, my boss has no idea what's going on. You know, help me out. It's going to look terrible on the boss, no matter mm-hmm. how you want to spin it. Right. It's just a bad look. And, and I get so I get why Belichick is angry with that shit. And if that's part of the, the tension, like to jump onto like that section of it like between them, I, I believe that Mac had been brought up in trade talks. That being said, I don't believe that it was Belichick like calling around saying like, Hey, I want to trade Mac Jones. You know, what would you give me for him? It was probably everybody around the league knew that if you offered Belichick the right price, he probably would have considered it. Whether it's the last few weeks or now or, you know, draft time. If you came and offered him like a first round pick, would he consider it? Yeah, I think you would almost have to consider it. If you, if you feel that, you know, Mac Jones' ceiling is, is an elite, then yeah, you'd have to consider it. So I don't think he was like, hey, Josh, come take Mac off my hands or... Hey, you know, uh, is it light? I think in Tampa, yeah, Tampa, come take Mac off my hands. I don't think it was like that, but I do think there were conversations where teams called him and said, "Hey, like, what's like, what would it take?" And it, what happened was, you know, maybe he engaged a little bit in those conversations, and someone told Florio, and Florio probably spun it into, "Oh, Bill Belichick's trying to trade Mac Jones." Because he can back it up of, oh, I was told that he had conversations with teams. And, like, that's just – that's how reporters want to spin it. If Florio just said, oh, teams called about Mac Jones, it's not really a story. But if Florio says, Belichick talked trade of Mac Jones, it's a, it's a huge story. 
I'm gonna add, look. I'm gonna shift something to the conversation. Yeah. Here. I want to shift it to something different because obviously this is obviously kind of like annoying to hear about. But something that isn't annoying and that didn't come out from Florio, it came out from the from the meetings. It was that there's some friction between Kraft and Belichick. Mm-hmm. Now, you're already talking about a guy who has potentially shopped a starting quarterback, and there's supposedly they're not seeing eye to eye, and there is some distrust, some not you know some malcontent on whether it's Mac Jones be, being resentful for being put through what he was put through last season or whether it's Bill Belichick for Mac Jones going outside of the organization and asking Alabama coaches about uh, how to fix the offensive situation. Now you're talking about Robert Kraft yeah. and Bill Belichick and others saying around the league in those league meetings that there's friction between them. So I'm going to ask you guys once simple question right is bill belichick on the hot seat is yeah, bill belichick I, on the hot seat i blame meek mill for leaking this information i feel like he's the one who texted <laughs> somebody they're like that that one knowing to that little conversation that, yeah, little Kraft, that they have Kraft didn't have to say anything no it's just odd it's just such a it's so out of left field for him to say that at all you know like yeah. i'm like what what right after Bill didn't say anything at all, like Bill was like, I don't, I'm not talking about anything. Like, and then it kind of is outside of like what the Patriots try to be about with keeping things in house. It's outside of everything they're about. They're, when does Bill Belichick tell like, oh, you know, this guy is like, uh, yeah, you know, this a guy wants to be our quarterback, but he's not on the team. When he's oh, one, the first one that tells people we're not talking about players are not on not other people's teams and stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. And now all of a sudden you hear Robert Kraft come on. And like, honestly, I was like surprised. And then now you hear about tension between this. I mean, it seems like Bill Belichick is creating headlines and headwaves in the wrong call. I'll just, I'll just say this. I don't think Kraft has the balls to, to fire him. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see like, unless he, it was, unless things got so unbelievably bad and like they went, like four and thirteen, or like five and twelve, like something that's really bad. I just don't see Kraft having the balls to fire him for the reasons of you know we all kind of know, but also like whether Bill Belichick wins another championship here or not, you know, before he does end up retiring, and whether that's one, two, three, or five years from now, I don't know, but like. He wants Belichick to have that wins record in a Patriots, you know, in a Patriots, I guess, uniform, mm-hmm. you know, as part of the Patriots. And just combine that with the legacy and, and all that. And like even starting over, like if you start over, like the odds that your team improves from what you know, Belichick probably aren't that high. Right. Uh, at least in the beginning. Right. So I just, I don't, I don't buy. I, I just don't buy that. And never mind the fact that we also have to consider Belichick. I mean, Kraft's relatively cheap, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. It seems like he's relatively cheap. And if Belichick has, we don't know his contract, but if he has five years left on his contract, I, I assume he probably has at least a few. And he's making $25 million. If Kraft fires him, he has to pay Belichick that money anyways. So if he's cheap and he's going to then have to pay someone else a lot of money to be the head coach. Yeah, and that's a secondary factor. I, it's, 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 it just seems to me that there's been a lot of, I feel like, shade 
dare I say, thrown from one person to the other. If it's not, if it's from Bill Belichick saying how the team is last in real cash spending at the beginning of the at the end of the year, where he said that they were almost dead to last on on real cash spending. So this is this is guaranteed money. All right, we're not talking about contracts being thrown out there because everyone's well aware that they went out and signed sixty two guys. All right, in the twenty twenty one off season, but I'm talking about real cash spending, guaranteed money, money being thrown out there, which is what gets players, you know, to sign their contracts. He made this comment, and now you got Kraft saying, basically defending that stance, how they spend always up to the cap limit, all the stuff, and doing the whole Lamar Meek Mill fiasco. And it, I, to me, look, I'll put it, to, I'll put it this way. If Tom Brady, the greatest player to me, the greatest NFL player of all time, can leave a team and can be gone and can you could literally tell him we don't want you anymore, even though he had shown really no no signs that he was wanted to stop. And I think a player of Tom Brady's caliber should have been given every opportunity to dictate his own future when he wanted to step and when he didn't, because he he gave you all everything he had, as far as that goes. That's just my opinion. Nobody has to agree with it. You know, I agree. Right. Uh, <laughs> then Bill Belichick record without Tom Brady. It's just not good. And if for all the accolades and saying how they don't have the balls, I could easily go up to Bill Belichick if I'm Robert Kraft and be like, listen, this is your record with Tom Brady and this is your record without it. While you, Tom Brady has left after the end of 2019 season, he won a Super Bowl and made the playoffs every single season, including he had a couple of seasons, except for his last year, where he had 5,000 yards and he was co-runner MVP almost. Because you, I think he's, he's, I still think he should have won it over Aaron Rodgers uh, last season. Absolutely. Right? It was, it, it so was, you're talking about a guy who literally was an MVP candidate two years removed from when you, he left your team because supposedly you wanted to move on and not commit to the guy who won you six titles. So if this can happen, why not? Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick's record is just not good with, and he has a lot to prove to me. So before I get on my take, I want to touch on Matt's point. I think the next coach of the team is actually already on the roster. If he stays, if Bill leaves, I think Gerard Mayo will probably step, be the one to step in that spot. Yeah, I think in all odds, I mean, it, I feel like it almost has to be either Mayo, O'Brien, or, mm-hmm. or Steve Belichick. Yeah, I think I don't think Steve would do it because if they fire Bill, I wouldn't, I don't see his son stepping up, and I think Bill O'Brien because he just got here. I feel like Mayo, I feel like Kraft would put put Mayo because I feel like he wants the team to rally around somebody. He's kind of listening to the locker room. He knows his guys are upset. Mayo was a former player. He can connect yeah. more to the players. So I can at see this moment. That. At at this moment, I would say, if I like had to put percentages on it, I would say there's probably like. A forty to fifty percent chance it's Mayo, and then I don't know. You could split the rest between O'Brien and Steve. I do think that there is certainly a scenario where, like, two years from now, Belichick retires, Kraft essentially steps down from his duties, like full-time duties. Because I, I, I know Jonathan Kraft does a lot of the legwork, and but Robert Kraft is still the face. Yeah. And I think that Jonathan Kraft will t- essentially take over Kraft's role. And I mean, it would be kind of cool, especially if it was successful, that we went from Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to Jonathan Kraft and C- Steve Belichick. Man, Kraft's uh, partying so- with Meek Mill. He's not slowing down anytime soon. That man's so healthy. He's out there drinking in clubs, probably not having nothing. Was he at a beach party? Was he at a beach yeah. party with Tom Brady or something in the Bahamas where they hand Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. 
unfortunately for people his age, <laughs> it can go down quick very fast. So that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. He's yeah. in his mid eighties now, so he's he's. I, I think anytime you once you hit eighty, you're on borrowed time. Yeah. So yeah. You, enjoy, you enjoy it. Oh you my go. god! Don't put the man in his death. I was saying, dang. Uh, elderly listeners might be just like this guy offended right there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, let's be real. It's true. No, it's true. in America is like 76. It's like true. my my goal, I feel like, is if you hit 80, you're like, all right, that's like the goal. That's a good. Not to mention you just stop living after 80. <laughs> you just like go go in a hole and die. Go to, go to no. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're running good. You're running. Grass seems to fully have it still, but uh, obviously things could go downhill. And even if things don't go downhill, like. He would still be like he'll still be Robert Kraft and he'll still be the owner, but Jonathan Kraft would just be the guy in charge, doing all the work, yeah. fully in charge. Yes, I would yeah. say that. Um, but to touch on that, if I think Bill would actually get fired, I think, like I guess I said before, I think if they have a, I don't, I don't see them having a losing season. I don't. I think the talent has upgraded from last season, not that much, but I feel like they. They won't have a losing season, but I think that they have a 500 record or a little bit above. They miss the playoffs. I can see, and then if the team's still upset, like you have the Mud Mac Jones situation, you have like players like with Jacoby Myers leave, and I think you can see Craft uh, step in there because at the end of the day, he is a big fan of the team, and I think he's going to do best interest of what looks best for the team. And as a fan, I think he can kind of see that might that well. Just say this. I think everyone's failing expectations. I feel like that's the problem. You have Bill Belichick not keeping up after Brady left with what the team was. You have Mac Jones. They probably thought he's a smart quarterback. He can figure this out for this last season, and he wasn't able to. Now you have Bill O'Brien coming in, and he's expected to fix everything. If he doesn't live up to expectations, is it going to be on Bill Belichick again? And I feel like Kraft is probably probably wants to see. A winning season again. He probably wants to go back to the playoffs, and I think he thinks Mayo could probably do it better than Bill if Bill fails the season. It's possible to get more of the players because you are spending the cap. I mean, at the end of the day, the cap space is going, so now you got to get the best for your return. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's 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 all possible as far as that goes, but I do believe that that Gerard Mayo is next in line. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy who's going to take over. I think he turned down the Panthers' job for a reason. You know, I think they told him that he could be coming here and they're like, look, a couple more years and this team is yours. My so. issue with that, my only issue with that is like, I don't, I don't see Belichick slowing down anytime soon. So if he, if he does, Belichick does get things right and they're back in the playoffs, even if they don't make a deep run or two, but like if he, if they're a consistent playoff contender yeah. for the next few years and, you know, his job's not in jeopardy, I like unless something health wise comes down or like, you know, he's not that healthy anymore or something like that. I don't see him. I think he has at least three more years. So it's like, is Mayo going to sit around for three, four five more years? Well, do you guys end up with those giant rumors? Do you ever think he would leave? Like if he gets sick of the, the media and the questions and people question, you think he would leave to a new team? If Kraft fired him this off season, I think he would have. Oh, Giants. But like, but like, if not even so much, just in general. Like, I I think if Kraft moved on after this past season, then maybe like he would have. Like, if he plays, especially if he gets the win record and then he 
Kraft forces him out, no, he's not going anywhere. But he does want that win, win record. He does. So if he if he was to get fired prior to to the win record, I, I think maybe he could, he could go elsewhere. But man, that's like he clearly likes his guys and in a roster built a certain way. Mm-hmm. So like for him to go jump ship to a whole new roster and a whole new team and a whole new ownership for one year, maybe two years. I, I don't know. It's it's tough to imagine. That's why I don't think the firing's happening. Yeah. I think they're both kind of just going to be, whether they acknowledge it to each other or not, they both have a lot of incentive to just hope and pray it works. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least until they get the win record. And hopefully that's two, no more than two years. That's he, what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, he needs 19 wins. You, you would think that if he, he's going to need two very successful seasons to get that win record. Not even very to... successful. That's yeah, very. Nine, nine and ten wins over the next two seasons. I mean, the, yeah. the floor is very... <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Expectations can't like... get any lower, so... That... What? 324 wins, I could see I could see what you're saying. Like, all right, it's that's going to be tough to do. Yeah. But like, if he... I feel like they won... They won what seven games this year? Was it seven, seven or eight? I don't know. What I forget off the top of my head. But yeah. like, I think it's more than reasonable to expect them to win at least nine games this year. But here's the like, thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, here's the thing: they have okay. six games with the division. Do we think they have better than anyone in the division right now? For sure. As it currently stands. If we're, are we assuming Rodgers is going to end up in New York? Yeah, uh, that's my assumption. Yeah, I mean, as it currently stands, it will every game will be tough. Um, that being said, I just like I don't. I they should be able to beat Miami at least once. They Not should, in Miami. They should, <laughs> they should still they should, and they should be able to beat the Jets at least once. And like uh, Brian's kind of jumped on that in past podcasts, like. I don't give a shit if Aaron Rodgers is there. It's still a fucking Jets. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And on top of that, like, the reality is Rodgers was not that great last year. And his weapons were not nearly as good as they were, they were in the past. And they would be better with the Jets. But, like, I, I don't think he's going to be prime Rodgers anymore. He'll certainly be better than what they had. But, yeah. Um, Again, I, I still think nine wins, like even if they went two and four in the division, mm-hmm. like nine wins should still be very attainable, even if they went two and four. Yeah. Um, yeah, you would think that the, the, he needs to have back-to-back 10-win seasons. And I would expect that Kraft expects that. I would expect that he expects that. he At least 10 wins, you know, to get that wins record. And I think if he gets the wins record... Uh, with you know in the next couple of seasons he will call it and then drop mayo will be the guy who takes over and then we'll see a new era of patriots football and you know it's that'll be that uh, but he i needs think to, um, but he needs to get through the season first don't get it wrong i still believe that his seat is lukewarm it's not it's hot lukewarm. it's yeah. not scorching but it's lukewarm so thinking about that number the, like the 19 number i feel like if he if they end up with anything over seven or eight wins. Let's say eight wins. I think his job is basically 100% safe. Not yeah. 100%, but like 90% safe. 
if yeah. he like let's just say they went like six and, and 11 and Kraft looks at it and say says that means in all likelihood that it's going to take at least another two f- seasons of him being coach to get to that 19 then maybe he says okay but if that second season that win record is still reasonably there meaning like if he gets eight wins he needs 11 the next year which it should be like in play. I think he would he would end up staying. Like if I, he's at six or less, then it's possible. I think also the draft plays a big part of this. If he keeps if he misses on these next two drafts, this next draft like he did before it. The last draft, well, I'll say last draft wasn't too bad, and the draft before that he hit. But if he has the same situation where guys are not developing, I can see also that being a reason. Now yeah. we look at the schedule. I mean, look at, like, who they're supposed to be playing. If the Colts don't get, like, there's, I know there's rumors about interest in Lamar. If that doesn't happen, um, I can see them beating the Colts. I can see them beating the Commanders. Uh, the Chiefs, I'm not sure. You have this. You have the Saints. Maybe the Saints. Um, but as far as I mean, late hey, look, games, you know what? Like, I let's, only see, like, four or five wins for sure on this, on this let's, schedule. Let's do... Let's mess around, and obviously we don't know the schedule yet and the order and all that, but I know we have the opponents, so walk through it, and we can give a – now, the schedule, our, the rosters are far from finished. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's give a let's well, very give a, early. What, what would we put them at right okay. now? So we have – obviously, we have the Buffalo Bills. L. L. Two L's, let's say. Right? Uh, yeah, two L's. Two L's. If, two L's. Yeah. As two of L's. now, as of, we're doing as of now. Two L's, yes. Yeah, two L's. If they never get the number one wide receiver, two L's for me. I'm still waiting on that yeah. rumor, by the way. It's. Uh, I honestly, I think, I think whether it is at 14 or veteran, they will add another big name. I think this. I mean, there's just too much smoke there. There's, there's gonna be whether it's through the draft. Yeah, it seems like they're doing a lot of their work through draft now. I think. And I think, so and I think they'll add two more names. Now it could be one. It could be like a. The 14th pick in a low-end rookie, like a late-round pick, or it could be a veteran in a mid-round rookie. One or another, they'll add two more names to the wide receiver room going into training camp. All right, they're clearly not done. Uh, I just prefer a vet because I think the system for the pe- the pads. Give me Jerry Judy. Give me Jerry Judy and Zay Flowers, or give me DeAndre Hopkins and Zay Flowers. That way, I think you should do that, and we can get in that later, though. But then Kraft, I mean, Belichick can say, fuck everybody. I provided the weapons. So, Mac, it's either you fail and you suck and it's not my fault. Or I look like a genius because I finally got the weapons. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, right. I would shut up about it. This where you go. That's all I've been asking for. It's yeah. not literally. Yeah. It's no more. Uh, yeah. So, Buffalo 2Ls. Yes. The Jets, uh, I would say, even with Rodgers at worst, one and one. So, I would say one and one. I agree there. Yeah. And then Miami, I would also say one and one. Mm. Uh, I mean, you guys look i love the optimism from you too i really do i i love it i think it's really nice i think it's cool uh i see no fucking wins right now because i do not like this <laughs> roster i don't like it i don't like the roster as currently constructed i want to see a major development on offense and i do not think bill o'brien is the is your Lord and Savior. I think a lot of people are leaning a little too hard 
on Bill O'Brien fixing the offense. And I'll tell you this, if Mac Jones gets back to 2021, I don't consider that a success. You know why? Because that tells me that's his ceiling. His ceiling is 10 wins and he still needs a shit ton of help to get to where he needs. And while I believe that the offense needs a number one wide receiver, I also believe that uh, a quarterback who's good enough, who you should consider your franchise quarterback, should be able to elevate play as well. It goes hand in hand, right? Like Brady, you know, towards the end of his career, he needed the help, obviously. He couldn't elevate anymore. But when he got the players around him that made it work with the right personnel, he elevated everyone else's play and people elevated him. It went hand in hand and they went ahead and, you know, had a success, you know. Obviously, once they, uh, once the coaching issue happened in, and they lost Bruce Arians, you can obviously see that Bruce Arians was kind of like the guy that was holding a lot of that shit together because as soon as he left, everything fell apart. So to me, it was a Bruce Arians issue, you know, where, you know, obviously the guy was more influential on that team and on, on the coaching than everybody lets believe. So it goes hand in hand. So to me, Mac Jones' 2021 rookie season is not good enough anymore. I need to see more. I need to see an elevation of play where you're going to succeed over the last two years. Obviously, it's not going to take a lot to succeed over last year, and it's not going to take that much to succeed over his rookie year. It's not like he put up tremendous numbers. He was very good and accurate uh, during his uh, rookie season. He was, you know, he had his completion percentage high. He was very accurate quarterback. He he dinked and dunked. He, he took his shots when he needed, and he made less bad decisions than he did last season. And obviously, we know why last season because the office was terrible. But to me. To me, this is personal, and and then I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm just saying, I need to see better than 2021 for me to call it a success. I need right, to so see. Me, I need, I need to this. see. I need to see between 29 and 35 touchdowns, and I don't care if he gets 10 to 13 picks because the picks can come at any time. Sometimes picks are on quarterbacks that they're not even their fault. It, I don't matter. I need to see an elevation. I need to see 4,000 yards. That's what I want to see. All right, so that I mean you kind of answered my question a little bit, but let's just play. Let's give a hypothetical stat line. In his rookie year, he he had sixty-seven point six completion percentage, thirty-eight hundred yards, twenty-two touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. Right. Let's throw in, out there and say, at the end of this coming year, now let's just say, like, not going to presume they go, they have a crazy good record or a crazy bad record. That he ends up with 4,100 yards, 28 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and overall looks a little bit better than his rookie season. Like, how are you feeling? Are you saying that's not good enough? Are you saying, you know, I'm that's the step forward? Two, thing, two things for that, uh, to break it down into some context, too. Uh, first one, I need to see how many wins he can get. Uh, while the team can't score more than 17 points, when the defense allows more than 17 points. If I can see that he's able to keep the team afloat when sometimes when the defense doesn't have its fastball, right? Well, where, you know, sometimes they can't hold them to fucking 10 points and the, the, the defense doesn't get you fucking two touchdown returns by Kyle Duggar. If that happens and he's able to, I need to see more of what I saw against the Chargers in his rookie year. Remember the Chargers game when he went in there and it was a it was a tough yeah, game. It wasn't a shootout. Was it wasn't a shootout, but he was there. And guess what? He he had that drive at the end where he needed a drive 
and he got a drive. And I'm not telling you, I'm not saying, yeah, you need to win shootouts 42 to fucking 38. I'm telling you, can you win those 27 to 24 games, right, where it's more beyond the stats? It's more about the intangibles. You know, can you lead a game-winning drive, a game-time drive? Can you put the team in position to, you know, kick a game-winning field goal? You know, it, those kind of things, that's the first one. Second of all, second of all, to answer your question, I would consider, I would say that that buys them another year, but I'm still not convinced. For me. If you right. show that improvement, right, and it's a little bit better, slightly better than your rookie season, that means you bought yourself another year to go ahead and see if you can build off on that. So that's how I would see it. Would, would it be a monumental success? No. But if I see you you improved in the first two seasons, like with the numbers you gave me, 41, 28, and 13, with about a 65 to you know 65 completion percentage, maybe a QBR around the 50s, I would say, okay, you know what? You got another just season. To, just to put that a little bit in comparison, 28 touchdowns in 2022 would have been good for the seventh most in the league. And that's good. Top 10. Yeah. That's good. Top 10. Top 10. Throwing touchdowns. So obviously, I think like if you consider G- like Jalen Hurts like rushing, he's probably higher than twenty eight. Look, I, I talked about you guys with this last time. To me, throwing touchdowns is a bit of an overinflated stat because Patrick Mahomes the shovel passes to his fucking running backs and like on sweeping wide receivers, and they count as a passing touchdown, and the guy ends up yeah. with like a hundred, like a, like oh he, he threw for fifty six. Shut the fuck up. He fucking shovel passed to the wide open receiver on a brilliant design by Andy Reid. Shut up. Is Patrick Mahomes good? Yes, but don't give me that he's good because of passing touchdowns. Like, I'm so over the passing touchdown conversation. Sometimes. Oh my God. uh, Let me me pretend I'm lost and just like shovel pass it to the running back forward and it's considered a fucking passing touch. No, give me a break. Okay? No. But I will say this there's more to passing touchdowns that I want to see. I want to see him being able to carry the team and get a victory like the Chargers game that's a prime it's the only example i have honestly where he's able to win a game 27 24 where the defense doesn't hold them to 17 or below but you're able to still pull out a win that alone means more than yards and numbers and stuff like that that also i also i'm not going to say like, oh you didn't get 4,000 yards get the fuck out of here if i see him do tangible things like that like things that you see where he leads the team to some wins and he shows maturity in there makes better decisions then obviously i'm going to be like you know i'm not a I'm not a crazy person. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, he improved. All right, so Those count. Those count. I'll, I'll jump off into another question for both of you. Let's just play a quick hypothetical that they draft Zay Jones, whether it's at 14 or they trade back and they draft Zay Jones. Zay they Jones? They don't add, add anything more offensively. <laughs> Zay Flowers. Uh, Zay Jones? Yeah, they draft Zay Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. He's um, combining players for all the listeners. He just merged yeah, yeah, yeah. players at once. A wide receiver and a quarterback. They can nah, play yeah. both. Zay Jones uh, is a person. It's Roger Jones, Jones and, and Zay Flowers merged. He's going to be able to block uh, the blind <laughs> side and then go out and get you 150 yards catching. Yeah, he didn't yeah, say which yeah. Jones. Right. There's like four Jones on our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, either one. <laughs> anyway. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So let's say they add Zay Flowers. That's their – and then maybe they add like a veteran – to fill out to battle for a final spot. What do you ex what would you expect from Mac Jones 
in kind of a general sense overview in 2023, considering those additions, Juju, the offensive line, and Bill O'Brien, like what would you roughly expect or predict? Go ahead, Megan. You can take the floor on this one. So I think for them to have success, they have to be above average offense. I feel like if they get number one receiver, they have the capability of doing that. Um, because I feel like you shouldn't be on either side of Mac Jones. I feel like you shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback or and you, oh, he's a complete failure. I feel like this is a prove-it year for him. But I feel like he does have a chip on his shoulder, and I, I'm kind of leaning more towards I think he has what it takes um, if he has the wide receivers and weapons. So if they bring in those weapons, I can see this offense being above average um, with the running backs they have. The offensive line depth still scares me. Um, and then, But I feel like if they do – quick slants and stuff they can get away with it if he gets a quicker release time I feel like if they don't bring that in this is just going to be kind of this is going to keep falling apart I feel like for, for the I almost said Celtics for the Patriots <laughs> to <Celtics>. keep <laughs> well one Boston team mess yeah. at a time right yeah, yeah. So, so for for this team to have success um for them to beat the Jets the Dolphins and I feel like they need more than just uh just a top 10 defense. They need a top 10 offense as well. I agree with Brian. I think what's going to prove to me with Mac, it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter who the wide receiver is, doesn't matter with anything, is if he can win those game-winning drives. If I have confidence going in, if he, we have the ball in offense, I'm just like, not going to be like, oh, man, we're, we need one big play and we're screwed because I know we can't get a big play. Right. I mean, I mean, honestly. Did, 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 do you did, think it will happen? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right I'll now, you... I'm optimistic. I'm still optimistic. I'm still optimistic. I... <laughs> Because I, I, like, I, I agree with what you're saying, but like, do you think he will take that step? Uh, hold on, but let me, let me, before we jump into that, let me ask you, I mean, do, do you guys feel confident at all when we were driving against Oakland or when we were driving, let's say, let me give you the Cincinnati game. I didn't feel confident at all that we were going to win the game, even when we were at the five-yard line, all right? It didn't inspire confidence that we were at the five-yard line. We uh, were running out the clock. Mm-hmm. It was first and it was first and goal, and it look and up until that point, I still was like, something is going to happen because I don't trust well, that's we the play calling. Talked. I don't trust. I didn't trust Mac Jones. I didn't Did trust, so I didn't trust the whole line. I didn't <laughs> trust anything. Right? I didn't mm-hmm. trust anything going on all of last season on offense. Does that never inspire confidence to me? I I never felt any type of confidence. Even when we were in position. No, and I think some of that was Mac, but yeah, I think a lot of that was Mac. I mean, some of that was Mac, like maybe 25, 30% of like why it wouldn't have trust them to, to make those plays. But like, I think by the time, like even the Cincy game and the Raiders game came along, like we had no belief, absolutely no belief in anything that offense did. And it was primarily because of the coaching staff. Yeah, it, it's just about yeah. Go ahead, Megan. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they just added to my trust issues last. Like I had, well, not even because I really didn't. I didn't have no confidence or trust in them since Maddie P became the offense, whatever you want to call it, call playmaker, we'll call whatever. But I just had no confidence in um, this team at all. It seemed like they just never could get it together. We heard it all in training camp. It was the signs were there. Um, now, whether if I believe in Mac Jones can make a big play, I feel like we've seen we've seen some you know, nice highlights where he can make the deep throw and stuff like that. Um, but that, that has to be open to them and they need someone that can create separation for love of everything. Please. Just one wide receiver that can create separation so we can get that 
long deep I, I would still temper expectations as far as, far as getting a wide receiver. If it's a rookie, I don't expect Zay Flowers to come in and get me a thousand yards as a rookie. No, I no. think uh, I think people no. are like they want the rookie, whatever. But I think we all we can all agree here that we're all people with common sense that it's very rare to get a rookie wide receiver to come in and absolutely explode and give you fourteen hundred yards. You know, like it doesn't happen. No, he, I, well, fourteen hundred yards, choice. no. No, I'm talking about those expectations where people are like, we Jeez. if we get JSN, oh uh, man, the office is gonna cook. He's gonna get us 14, 12, 1300 yards. He's gonna get yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's, there's no Jamar Chase in this draft either. There's no wide receiver to that level. And then never mind just coming to the Patriots where it's already more difficult for like what Justin Jefferson did is yeah. an anomaly. What Jamar yes. Chase did is an anomaly. Yes. It doesn't happen. It just yeah, does I, I wouldn't happen. expect. I wouldn't expect like elite production right away, obviously, as a rookie. That being said, if you are a first round pick, you generally will end up having a good size role right away, like 75, 80% of the time. So, like, if Zay came in, I would expect he would end up being a starter from day one. And I think he could come close to that thousand yard season. I, I, I don't think like. 14, 1500 yards. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that's the one thing that I do like that has a positive effect going for. I think every player on offense and skill position is going to be better next season. I expect Kendrick Bourne to go back to more of the 2021 Kendrick Bourne. I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but I think he's a guy who can get you six to 700 yards if put in the right spots, right? Uh, I think Devontae Parker, when he's healthy, he's already shown that he has a connection with Mac. I expect Devontae Parker to health permitted to go ahead and give you a better production and maybe put in better positions to succeed. I expect Tyquan Thornton, who we were just talking about. You said rookies get up, going to get a large role. He was a second round pick and he, I thought he got a pretty large role towards the end of the season where he was playing uh, a big, significant amount of snaps. I expect him to make some sort of improvement in some, and also improve in a Bob, in a, in a Bob offense. So the guys that are already here in place, I do expect them to be a better version of themselves than last season. So, and I think that's the thing that you can always, you can say it's, it's going. Um, but as far as, you know, I still, do they think they need a number one wide receiver? Absolutely. I think they need a one. They need a one. And here's my hot take. Well, I feel like with the receivers we have now, I feel like if Bourne is put into that X position, I feel like he's becomes the new kind of security blanket for Mac Jones is because that relationship and that chemistry seems to be there as far as versus anybody else on the team. But yeah. I feel like the only wide receiver I feel confident coming in and being, being like for sure number one is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I love, I love the Jay Judy idea too. Like, don't get me wrong, but he also hasn't shown that he could be number one wide receiver consistently. Um, right now he's like on that borderline of nine, number one, number two wide receiver. Yeah. Um, even with a better, I mean, the Denver Broncos offense was a mess last season, yes, but they had still had a better situation at quarterback. Um, fair to say, I feel like, because Patriots offense was really like just as bad as Broncos. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 they still need a one, and I think Jerry Judy makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think I, everybody here in this room is. I know Matt advocated that he preferred Judy as far as the more sensible option mm-hmm. over D Hop, uh, based on. Uh, years age money you know i still feel like judy can be a pretty good one yeah you know and i'll obviously you know 
uh, one thing we haven't really touched about is, is you know, Juju. You know, everybody talks about, you know, I talked about, you know, guys being better versions of themselves. I think Juju is going to do just fine in this offense. I don't think he's going to be uh, number one. I don't think he's going to be a world breaker. I don't expect 1,400 yards out of Juju, but I expect maybe somewhere around the 900-yard plateau, around there, nine, kind of playing around with with uh, with 1,000 yards, being close. And, you know, and I expect them to, they're going to give a lot of bubble screens and a lot of stuff like that where he's going to be able to do some stuff with yards after the catch, stuff like that. That could be something that could work in his favor. Um, but, again, even if we get Zay Flowers at 14, I still feel like a lot of it's still going to be on Mac. It's going to be on Mac's shoulders to, you know, get the best out of these guys. It's going to be on Mac to, you know, allow Bill O'Brien to go ahead and restore some of his confidence back and, you know, run a proper NFL offense. So it, it's just my thing with me is just there's still a lot of buts and ifs and like, oh, and if this happens and but, and it, this is why I don't like this roster right now. I still, I still need to see more in the draft. You know, obviously there are going to be more uh, additions maybe when the training camp, you know, this always cuts, surprise cuts, and people get let go. And after that, after June 1st cuts, a lot of players are going to be on, on the market again. There's going to be some cuts, some surprising people that we might not have heard about yet. But this is why I'm still unsatisfied with the roster. There's too many ifs. There's too many buts. There's too many question marks. And there's too much there's too hole. many holes. Right. There's just yeah. too much. Oh, if this. Yeah, if there's that. too many there's holes right uh, Everything I'm saying, it starts with an if. Oh, and if this happens, this, that. Oh, and if that happens, this, this. And let's hope that I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of not with it right now. So that's why when you when you give me the schedule, I'm going to be like L, 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 L. Because right now there's too many ifs and buts. And I do not want to rest my hopes on a team being better on a bunch of ifs and buts and maybes and we'll see. And, you know, it's just a lot of it's still, there's still a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Now, the one thing I'll say about, like the one thing I'll say about, like when you mentioned getting back on track with O'Brien, like they need to get back to what Mac does well. And that is, first of all, like and we can get into like what Patricia did in limiting the playbook. And it's not just him, but Belichick allowing it. They limited the playbook. They stopped pre-snap changes. They limited the O-line adjustments. They limited the playbook. And then when they limited the playbook, they ran a bunch of freaking screens. They need to get, and that's why I think Zay and JSN fit so perfectly, where give Mac two play calls, let him get to the line, do what he does, and that is read the defense, decide at the, at the line, make the decision of which play you want to go with. Drop him back in the pocket and let him pick. I don't want to say pick apart as in it's that simple, but let him, you know, pick RPOs. apart the defense. Yeah, RPOs. Yeah, like let him sit back and make the decisions. You don't need to have this whole complex offense. Just play to the your quarterback strengths. And they took that away last year. And that, it's that simple. Well, they, they definitely handicap Mac. Go ahead, Megan. I'll say, well, hopefully this is where the Alabama connection comes in because they ran a lot, they ran a lot more RPOs than the Patriots did, and as well as Bill O'Brien loves that middle of the field, which I feel like will be a strive for Mac Jones. Because even though I said he he's capable of having an arm, he's more better at in within those five ten yards, and I feel like that's where the Patriots right now their personnel matches up best is those that quick offense. Um, now, as far as you brought up Juju Bryant, uh, I feel like his yak thing is a little bit overrated. I was a big lover of uh, Juju his first season but after that I just feel like the inconsistencies um, I don't really see a bigger like I feel like he's a better player than Jacoby Myers but Jacoby Myers knew the system and he had the chemistry with Mac Jones already so I feel That's like fair. 
That's fair. I, yeah, I feel like it's going to be not much of a trade-off there. And I feel like uh, with Juju, what I'm worried about is how long is it until he gets to the to Bill Belichick's doghouse? Because once you get in Bill Belichick's doghouse, like, it will happen to Kendrick Bourne. Uh, like, you know, he needs to stay off the TikToks. He needs to stay off the TikToks. That's what he needs to do to stay off the doghouse. And well, well, I, and I'll, I'm sorry to jump on you. That I feel like that was more Matt Patricia with Kendrick Bourne uh, yeah, was. In, in his doghouse than Bill Belichick. I feel like that was definitely more Matt Patricia being a stupid, stupid man and mm-hmm. just holding out your receiver and then playing Lord Jordan Humphrey 58 fucking snaps. Uh, in one game over Kendrick Bourne, which I still find ridiculous. You're saying that, that wasn't a good decision? Nah, no, no, that was a terrible decision. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, Bill has to sign off on it. And I feel like if he pissed off one of his staff members, he's going to side with his staff members instead of the players. I, I, this is what I'll say about Bill. Bill, in Matt, Bill gave too much reign, too much leash to Matt Patricia. And he basically said, look, if this is what you decide, I'll stand behind you and I'll back you. And well, that's what I think Bill did. I don't really think that Bill had pers- personally had anything personal towards Kendrick Bourne. I just feel like Matt Patricia. That was the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It was obviously the issue. The problem is once you make the decision that once you made the decision that Patricia was going to be the guy, you can't like handicap him and like make the players feel like he doesn't have a, yeah, the full, the control. Yeah. So he had no choice. One quick tangent. And then it's kind of random. I was thinking about, Adam Jones for WEI today said that Mac has never won a QB battle. And it was up there for just like, and I know they say these things to just to get ready. It was the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. First of all, like has Patrick Mahomes ever won a QB battle? He, he was at Texas tech. He came in, he sat behind Smith and then it was handed to him. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones came in. In theory, he kind of won the job over what who, what yeah. might be the number one pick in Bryce Young. He came in here. He beat. He literally this, before he made a snap won a QB battle. And then uh, this, I mean, this past year there wasn't really one, but like it was just the stupidest fucking comment. And I know he'll never hear this, but like. Listen, I might, I might make a clip out of this and send it to him. Okay? <laughs> I, 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 I might, but listen, but listen, hold on. Do it. First do of it. all, I, I hope you do. <laughs> uh, first of all, Patrick Mahomes sat his rookie year behind Alex Smith. He didn't even beat out Alex Smith for his for the position. So even Patrick, the great Patrick Mahomes, didn't even win a QB. Look, Tom Brady like, didn't beat out anybody. I listen. Rogers had to sit too. Tom Brady did not beat out Drew Bledsoe. He just happened to fall into the position after Drew Bledsoe was hurt. I will say that Tom Brady did win the backup position, though, but he did not win the starting job. So, I mean, again, Adam Jones is a fucking clown. And you know what? I I will personally clip this and send it to him myself. He's a fucking clown. And I think obviously nowadays is the the quick way to get famous and get talked about is to have the stupidest hot takes you can possibly have and just put it on the internet and then just have people roast you and then double down, you know, double down on the stupidity. Uh, that's basically what I think Adam Jones is trying to do. He's trying to become the next Nick Wright of Boston. Yeah. Media. All right. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you don't have the nose or the hairline to do it. Adam Jones. You just do not do not. So I would say that for starters. Second of all, again, again, the whole notion of Mac never winning a, a, a 
uh, a competition is ridiculous. I just again, he basically was a third stringer at Alabama, and he and then he became a starter back again. So I don't want to hear that either. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just I feel like we're wasting air air in our lungs just talking about Adam Jones. Well, one thing I do want to talk about, and that's the draft, right? We were talking about Zay Flowers stuff. So I made a mock draft while we were talking here. Well, you guys were chatting, giving your points. I made a small mock draft, right? And I got some picks down, which I want your guys' opinion on. And then I want us to go ahead and we're going to do the, the way the top 10 is going to fall down. All right. And then after the top 10, I want you guys to give me your pick at 14. All right. So, yeah. so we're going to do that. And uh, again, it should be something that we could do, you know, uh, for fun. And maybe we'll do a, a full round one mock draft next week on the draft where we'll all just go and we'll randomize it as far as the people who get on and we will just get back on there and just do it again but we will do this right after us a message from our sponsors we'll be right back looking for somewhere to place a bet looking for sports book live betting casino race book and promotions Right now, you can go to betus.com. Betus.com will allow you to join easily. There's a 125% sign-up bonus, a 200% crypto bonus, and more. Place all your bets, make lots of winnings with betus.com. All right, and uh, we're back. Uh, don't forget, link is in the description. Okay, of each uh, on realbetas.com. Uh, if you use my code, you get a 125% sign-up bonus. So don't forget to do that. We're going to talk a little draft. We're going to talk our top 10 drafts, uh, picks for the first top 10 picks of the draft, what we think the draft will unfold. But first, I made a little mock draft. Okay, I made a little mock draft, and I'm going to tell you guys who I got. And you guys may be surprised at some of these picks. <laughs> And they're not so crazy. They're not. It's not like I took a punter in the first round or anything. But you may be like, oh, really? <laughs> right. So I think. Sure. Right. So at 14, I took Zay Flowers because he just happened to fall at 14. Uh, JSN was, was got taken at 13. I was going to take JSN, but so I know we heard all the reports about Zay Flowers that was visiting in, in today in New England. He was there at 6 a.m. being a good old patriot, doing his job, sucking up to Bill O'Brien, making googly eyes with Bill Belichick and all this good stuff. You know, we heard all that, but I still think... they, were, we, they were seen making out. Yeah, but I still think <laughs> JSN is the higher talent, so I, at this point, it was a little biased for me. I took JSN, but again, I think you know, Jay Flowers was my pick. Now, there was no trades. There was a couple of trades offered to me that I did not like. I wanted to trade back a little bit to, to try to get some draft capital to have some more flexibility in the third round, but nothing really materialized. So at 46... I took Jameer Gibbs. Now, surprising again, a little no, no, surprising, no, no, no. Just, a little surprising. But I, just, again, just, just wait till you see my mock that comes out. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, I took him at forty-six. He, I think he's Jameer Gibbs is a tremendous talent. He runs four-three. He's he comes from Alabama. Bill O'Brien is familiar with him. He has seventy-nine catches over the last two seasons. Dynamic pass catcher, someone who can give a. Uh, some competition behind James Robinson, but potentially for that second backup running plus block is somebody who could spell uh, Ramondre because Ramondre got mm -hmm. a little worn out. 
James like Robinson Jameer. will be will be finding a new team if they I, I, if they sign. I like Jameer Gibbs a lot, and I feel like you, when you put a guy like Jameer Gibbs who can give you formation flexibility, he can kind of fill into that James White role. It just it makes too much sense, right? It makes He's just too a much talent, sense. man. He's just, He's just talent. a talent. Again, and that talent Alabama prevails. connection, right? Alabama connection to me is it's just something that's big, and I do believe there's smoke about them looking at the premier backs, uh, uh, blue chip backs, and stuff like that. I, I is that your cats moving around there, Matt? <laughs> is that what's going on? <laughs> I I don't. One of them's in the litter box right now. He, the other look, is your cat is excited about your beer games, and I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right, my uh, I took Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker out of Cincinnati, uh, pass rusher, potential guy that can be in a, a special packages who can spell Josh Uche, someone who can probably fill in. I mean, after Anthony Jennings is uh, gone from the team forever and obliterated from space, thankfully, and I. Also think of Josh Uche going to a contract year. They don't really have anybody else. Matt Judon, maybe somebody keeps rotation fresh. And this kid is really good off ball. He's really good. Uh, I also took Jacorian Bennett, the cornerback out of Maryland. Uh, I think he's the other guy opposite of Deontay Banks. And he had a good, he's had a good off season. He's done some workouts. People were raving about both the Maryland cornerbacks. Obviously, uh, Deontay Banks took all the the headlines, but Jacorian Bennett actually opened some eyes uh, too. He was he was really good. And then I finished it out with my last three picks because I traded around. You know, I, I don't think they're going to take a lot of draft picks. I don't think they're going to draft nine guys. So it was uh, Will Mallory, the tight end from Miami, Jordan McFadden, the offensive tackle from Clemson, and Charlie Jones, the wide receiver from Purdue, who just screams prototypical Patriot guy. He's a guy who can play on special teams. He can play on both special teams. He can be a gunner. He can be a kick returner. You know, somebody you can put in there, just, you know, whatever. Uh, those were my guys. Do you guys, what do you guys think of my mock draft that I just gave you? What do you guys think about those particular picks? Go ahead, Is Megan. It, anything that surprises you? I like them. I don't feel like, as Matt mentioned, I feel like Gibbs is not as a surprise with the recent smoke that's going around. I think it's a good fit. The only thing is, we signed James Robinson. We got Stevenson. So what's happening here? It's like, are they, they're, is it they're strong? Yeah, strong Tuesday. James, so yeah. James Robinson didn't get any guaranteed money, nor did he get a single dollar of on a signing bonus. So, so he is literally. Just a camp body? He's camp a body. Camp, I mean, he he's gonna try out for the team. Basically, he is coming. You know, if you can earn a spot, then great. If not, like when you don't get signing bonus and guaranteed money, that is quite literally would, nothing more than a. Like even like low end guys get get a signing bonus. Yeah, I, th- that was a crazy sign. Yeah, thinking about I think it. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm higher on James Robinson than the Pats. The Pats are maybe I think they're still a little bit there. Um, but maybe hey, he's, I'm, he's young. He's only 24, right? He's yeah, young. The, pro- the problem is Achilles, man. They, like the, like the history backs. of of Achilles for running backs is absolutely awful. But I, I mean, I do like get like Gibbs. I think he is an electric player. Talent always prevails offensively. And like it's certainly not a bad thing. You can have Stevenson and Gibbs on the field. You can use I, I Gibbs in a, a wide receiver it's a role. Weapon. Right. Yeah. I think Gibbs could give you more than Damian Harris. I think Gibbs could give you an element on the passing attack and he can still he can still tote the rock. I think he can still he's a good effective runner, especially he can bounce a lot of uh I saw him do a lot of uh good runs to the sweep. We love to sweep, right? Uh, I, he did a lot of good that stuff. He's good on bubble screens. He's good. At, he can he can line up in the slot. He, he's just he's too good of a talent to pass up. 
And just because you want to pencil him at running back, I think he can do more things for your offense than just running the ball. So I think like mm-hmm. the Jameer Gibbs makes a lot of sense. And I would not be upset at all if they went. Now, one thing that my draft um, lacked for the Patriots was offensive tackle. I only took one. I, I only took uh, Jordan McFadden, the offensive tackle out of Clemson. So I really couldn't find a lot of value in some of the players. And I do, I do feel that people are forgetting that Bill Belichick will draft his guys. He will draft the, the Ivan Pace juniors. He will take, uh, you know, a defensive tackle. In here. I'm pretty sure at least a couple of defensive tackles are going to go in here or maybe a safety. You know, Bill Belichick loves the safeties. He'll take some. Quellen, Roy. Roy yeah. Jalen Green from Mississippi. He might go there. Like, so that's something that was lacking as far as the, you know, because we've been, I feel like the whole, the whole off season will be like, it's going to be cornerback. It's going to be wide receiver and then tackle. And then I only took one corner and I only took one offensive tackle. Tackle certainly in play, even in round one, like absolutely in play. And if the right guy's there, they they should go there. there, Yeah. That being said, they're paying a shit ton of money to tackles already this year when you add everybody up. Now they could cut some of these guys relatively easily. Like everything. It kind of seems like they might just roll into the season basically with Trent at left tackle, and they'll play the best guy who wins the job. They'll have, like, four options. The best guy will play right tackle. And with Henry and Gazeki both being rather subpar blockers, to say the least, I think they'll use multiple tackles on the right side or left side on multiple occasions like, throughout the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, swing tackles, uh, which I think McDermott could fill into that role, or Riley Reef could fill into that role, depending on which guy wins the. Yeah, could you well, stay back? Could you stay back? Yeah. Also, don't forget that they have a uh, Stuber, also who they're high on. They kept him from last year. They're gonna, he's gonna get every opportunity to also win a a swing tackle position as well. So they have could you stay? They have Stuber. They have Reef. They have uh, Trent Brown and Chris McDermott. Anderson. Right. So and, but, yeah, and, and, so I feel like it's to, to me. My approach to this draft was if there's a guy that falls or slips and that's you you have him high up there, you take him. If not, you go to yeah. your board and you look at your best available player. And that's Paris the- Johnson is there at 14. Like, go, oh, take him. go, take yes. go. If Paris yeah. Johnson is there at 14, I don't think nobody should be upset that you're taking Paris Johnson at 14 because yeah, he is take top him, 10 plug him in at left, left tackle and then move, move Trent Brown to right and then just cut a couple of these you know, low-end tackles and, yeah. and save money. No, I cap. agree. I agree. And, and, and I completely forgot about Anderson also. So they have a ton of guys already. Oh, fuck can, it. Yeah. Fuck it. You but, can cut Trent. <laughs> like, that actually might be a... Saves you, 10 million, saves you 10 million against mm-hmm. the cap. I mean, again, I feel like offensive tackle, unless a blue chip is there or against somebody who was supposed to go in the first that slipped all the way down like into the second round, which sometimes happens. Some guys get shuffled because they go wide receiver crazy or cornerback crazy. or It happens. Yeah. It happens. Some, there's plenty of players that were like, who? And, you know, they got taken in the first round. Cole Strange. <laughs> cool. uh, so, <laughs> plenty of guys There will be there. no Cole Strange. Ah, man. Uh, do you know what? Go, no, no, I'm going to I, I I was not a fan of him, but I do think he's gonna be he's gonna be a pretty good guard for for years to come. So I, look, I don't uh, rant about a fucking guard in that position. <laughs> in that. I don't want to get into that rant. Let's stay on point with the draft. So this is what I got. So what I want you guys to do is mm-hmm. I want you to give me your first tip. Oh, that is the cutest thing. My dog is too big to lift up, or I can't. I can't, or else I would. Um, 
let's do a top 10. How you think you, the top 10 in the draft will unfold, and then who do you think the Patriots take at 14? Because you guys just put a really interesting scenario. What if Paris Johnson falls out of him? What if he's at 14? What if Broderick Jones is there who went in for a visit or is scheduling for a visit, I believe? What if he is there at 14? You know? Do you want to walk through each pick and we can kind of... Yes. yes. All right. I will start a new one. I will start a... Hold on, I gotta change my setting. I mean, let's, just, let's just do, and we, we can kind of work through it quick. Let's just do up to fourteen. All right, I mean, so let's not. So let's go. Don't with, so then, all right, so wait, we already know that Bryce Young is one, first pick, right? So we're we're both gonna pick Bryce Young. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slot him in at number one to the Panthers, right? That's fine. So, so right now we have my computer's being stupid. So Bryce Young, number one. Now, we all assume that the Texans are not going to be as stupid as people. Re- uh, some of the reports are coming out that he, they might take Will Anderson at number two instead. And they're going to take the quarterback, right? Because there is a report out there saying the Texans are were considering not going with the second, pick. Not going with the second overall pick taking uh, Will Anderson. They'll, they'll trade back, dude. They'll, they'll trade back. Yeah, I think I'm going to give him C.J. Stroud because I think that's the common sense move. You get a franchise quarterback. I agree. Get, so it, It'll be C.J. Stroud. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Person. Here's where it gets interesting. Look, reports are that the Cardinals are willing to either get trade Will Anderson Jr. I mean, get Will Anderson Jr. at three or willing to trade back with the Titans who are interested in jumping up to the number three spot for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys think there's any validity to the reports that their Titans could potentially look to the Cardinals as a trading spot to jump maybe the Colts for a guy like Anthony Richardson? So I was doing this in my mock drafts before this, before it even came out because it made sense. I heard that well, based on rumors is that the Cardinals didn't seem like they're being loved with Will Anderson. They seem like they actually like Tyree Wilson and Kristen Gonzalez based on rumors. Um, I can see them trading back and someone, the quarterbacks, you know, jump the Colts there, the Titans. They need they need something on offense. Henry's not happy and they, they need something for the future. Uh, I can see the t- Tennessee Titans jumping up and grabbing Richardson before the Colts do. Here's what I think will happen. This is going to be the first surprise of the draft. I think Christian Gonzalez is going to go number three. That's my favorite player of the draft. I'm hoping he falls to the pages, but I know it's a pipe. No, no, no. I think Christian Gonzalez goes to number three because I believe that if they're already, if they're even thinking or considering getting out of three when they know that mm-hmm. Will Anderson Jr. is going to be there, that means they're not in love with the player. If they're yeah. not in love with the player, then there's two options. They can trade back, but if they trade back, there's no guarantee that Will, I mean, Christian Gonzalez is going to be there at 11 because no. that's what the Titans are picking, mm-hmm. right? You would assume that he's not. No, he's not gonna I, I, I don't, and I don't, I do not think he will. I do not I don't think, think he passes Atlanta. I don't think he passes Atlanta. I think the Raiders could definitely use a, a, a shutdown corner because that defense is porous. Yeah, uh, so they, is that O-line. Rocky Sin, I think he's still a free agent or he left or whatever. So I think I'm comfortable putting Christian Gonzalez at three. Does anybody object? So assuming they keep the pick, I, I see, assuming I keep, they keep the pick, I would still look. Lean Will Anderson. That being said, on what you guys said, I think that a lot of this Richardson love, I get it. I firmly get it. Like the athleticism, the upside of what could come is there. Mm-hmm. My current belief in prediction 
is that a lot of it is smoke and he will not be a top four pick. Okay. And that, he will, I, I, and I think, and I think that will Levy or will Levi or whatever the hell you pronounce it will end up going before Anthony Richardson. So okay. I think, I, I mean, if we had to go with one, I would say Will Anderson, but I'm fine. If you want to, if you want to slot Christian Gonzalez, I, this, it just, you got to keep in mind that there's always a curveball in the top five. Not, nothing ever is as every mock draft says. And I know a lot of people are penciling in Will Anderson Jr. at three. But again, I feel like the Cardinals are willing to have conversations about the third pick. That means they're not in love with the player. And if they're not in love with the player, that means that they have other players on the board that they believe they can get later on. Or they will go in a different direction that people aren't thinking. So I'm going to go ahead just to throw a curveball, just to be unconventional, and just say Christian Gonzalez at three. They want to okay. go ahead and get that Patrick Peterson kind of vibes that they had. You know, they had Patrick Peterson when they drafted him at LSU. He went to the Cardinals. He had a long career over there. So, Christian Gonzalez, three. My dispute against that is that it's a deep cornerback draft. And I think they might think, if they if between Tyree Wilson and Christian Gonzalez, I think the pick gets traded, but they want the guy they love instead of, you know, right. the obvious pick, which is Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. I think it will be uh, Tyree Wilson because it is a deep cornerback draft. I think they can probably still get a good starter. Yeah. And they've yeah, been looking for that biggest, pass rusher for a while. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good argument problem, for that too. That's a good argument for that too. Yeah. Their biggest problem trading back is like, I mean, looking at the board, like, are the Raiders gonna trade up to take a quarterback after signing Jimmy G? Is no. like Detroit? Detroit could be a sneaky team to do it. Like, I, I feel like everyone just kind of assumes they're gonna stick with Goff. They, I, I, I don't know. I feel like they can grab if someone slips. Maybe like if it's like if it is. Uh, Richardson or I, Young's not going to slip, but I feel like they could. But it seems like they're pretty set on golf. But, by think... the way, I can re- I can re- I can reshuffle this. So, if you, are you guys want to put Tyree Wilson instead of Christian Gonzalez? No, I I would go if Will I had to decide between the two. I would I would I mean I would go willing. But it's not you. It's the Cardinals, and yeah. you trust but, the Cardinals. I don't trust the Cardinals with anything. Yeah, but like the, the Cardinals <laughs> just lost. The Cardinals just lost TJ. Uh, TJ JJ Watt. Like mm-hmm. they have a clear need at edge. Anderson yes. is. Anderson is. I mean, Jalen Carter might be the best defender, but I I would be staying away with him from yeah. him at this point. Jalen Carter. Um, we never even discussed him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think at this point, Jalen like Jalen Carter is arguably the best defensive talent. But if I am at three, even really even in like the top eight ish, unless he is so far ahead on the board for like my team, I will go with the next guy. Sorry, so, so I, like, what are we saying yeah. here? So we're between Christian Gonzalez and Tyree Wilson. Which one are we going with? I'm gonna give the tiebreaker to Megan. Uh, I go Tyree. I go Tyree Wilson. Okay. All right. I can live with that. Like I said, I can make it. You can make an argument for both. I think. Even Tyree Wilson going at three will kind of be a bit a bit of a curveball, you know, yes, uh, over 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 Jalen Carter, over Will Anderson Jr., over Christian Gonzalez, uh, even that. But again, I I want to I want to do this under the assumption that not like everything is going to go according to every mock draft, and every mock draft has Jalen and Will Anderson Jr. just penciled in at three, and I just feel like that that's not realistic. I feel like sometimes. Uh, you have these teams who just literally just whoever's on their board, right? Whoever's yeah. on that specific team's board uh, yeah. is is they'll do. So, so we're gonna go with now. Now it's when it gets juicy because based on what Matt said, he doesn't like. Well, uh, we'll Andy leave. Richardson, right? We'll leave. 
I, right, so, I firmly believe, like, my prediction at this point is Will Levy will be a Indianapolis Colt. Okay. <laughs> He'll battle it out. I predicted this, actually, ironically, in, like, I want to say this January when they hired the uh, the head coach from Philly that it was going to be Minshew versus Levy battling for week one, and they, they uh, signed Minshew. So I'm just going to ride that. And uh-huh. I think I, I do. I think it's going to happen. Like that's my prediction at the moment. So my only reason why I read Richardson because it seems like that's what the team like for a quarterback. It seems like that's what they're kind of looking for. It is like they seem like they want to play like someone that's versatile. But also like they there was a report out there that one team said like no thank you for Lamar. Like they were interested, but they can just get a guy in a draft. And I feel like that was probably the Colts who can get someone that, you know, that's raw talent, but can definitely be. draft and be special. I honestly, I think quarterback either way, I think it could be either one of them, but I'm slightly, slightly uh, leading Richardson. Joe has plenty of, like, like in his legs. Like, he can move yeah. well, too. Yeah, but I feel like the highest ceilings with... They both have cannons for yeah. They both yeah. can fling the ball. And here's how, I guess, so we have one and one. I guess the deciding tiebreaker is going to fall on me this time. And I'm going to go with Will Levis. Why? Because when I think Colts, I think Peyton Manning, pocket passers, accurate. They, they, after that, they went out and got Wentz. Not a crazy mobile guy. guy. They want a guy who could stand in the pocket and make plays. Matty Ice. Matty Ice is not known for his fucking legs. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers wasn't. They, got, they want a guy who can stand in the pocket, may play, make more plays with his arm than his legs. And I'll tell you one thing. I think the running QB is, you know, fat is, is fading just a tad because a lot of these guys are getting injured. And what's your best they ability? Don't last. Your best ability is availability, right? Lamar Jackson, he missed, what, six games last year? Six games the year before that? Kyle Murray, the Cardinals are in a situation now where they're not going to be able to do anything because he's hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle Murray's hurt. He's a mobile quarterback. He relies a lot on his legs. He's gone, right? So now he's not able to be a part of the conversation of that. Uh, My only argument against that is Lamar's. A lot of his injuries came inside of the pocket more than outside the pocket. But yeah. it is you're putting yourself more out there for sure because you're running outside the pocket. You're you're you can now you're up for grabs for anybody. Right. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson. Is, I, I never, I never I seen Lamar Jackson take a bad hit anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Will Lee is like. He's he's very mobile too, but he's better. He's better inside the pocket. He's a much better passer at this point. Now he yeah. still needs work. He's still pretty raw. But I mean, Anthony Richardson, the, the star potential's there, and I totally get it. Superstar he potential. Is, Superstar. He potential. is incredibly raw as a passer. Yeah. Like he's so unbelievably inaccurate at at Florida. Like if he didn't if he didn't have his athleticism, he would go undrafted. Yeah. Like he I was think, well, that bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think, well, I, I, again, I think Will Levis is going to be the guy just because I feel like they, they, everybody wants to find their next Josh Allen, a guy with a huge rocket arm, but I can also stand in the pocket and make throws and stuff like that, whatever. And not that I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson can't do that because I can, I, but I feel like the Colts version of what they want a quarterback is more, has more traits of Will Levis and, than Anthony Richardson. So they, I'm going to put a slot him, Right. We're going to slot him in at four. In, again, so right now we have Tyree Wilson, Will Levis, three and four, which is a little bit of a you know a shake up in our top in the top ten as far as what all the number five, 
number five should be uh, at least I think it should be unanimous now at this point. They should walk to the podium with this and just like no, they should sprint to the podium for this. Right. They should be they should be on the back of the Colts guy putting in the card saying like I'm ready already. Megan, which, you which kicker are we giving Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did tra- trade back, but no, uh, I think it's definitely Will Anderson. I mean, they they have they've been trying to beef up that defensive line, but this is I mean, there's no better player I think they can get right now than Will Anderson for that. If you can get arguably the best defensive player in, in the draft, the draft at five here. The second yes. best prospect in the draft, by the way, is Will Anderson after Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter is number one, but he has obviously off-field issues and stuff like that's going on. He's the, by one the prototypical best one. But Will Anderson is right there behind him. Uh, you have to again sprint. Like there, I, I shouldn't even see time on the fucking clock. <laughs> Run there and throw mm-hmm. your card and be like, "Thank the Lord that Will yeah. Anderson Jr. fell into your lap and just take Will Anderson Jr." Roger Goodell should just be like, "I have two picks to announce." Yeah, one's right. back decided. to back. Back to back, back to back. Send flowers right, so yeah, to the Cardinals. Yeah, basically. <laughs> let's put him at five. And the Colts. Yeah, and the Colts. Six, uh, six gets interesting, man. Six, six is where it gets, uh, it gets, uh, you know, it gets interesting. And I, I, again, I think that the pick again, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm his agent. Is Christian Gonzalez? <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm Christian Gonzalez's rep because I'm trying to sell him to every team. That's how much I like this guy. I love this guy too. Yeah, so I feel like Christian Gonzalez could be the pick, but he's not. He's not. Because they signed three cornerbacks to some money this year, including uh, Cam Sutton, I believe, from the, the Steelers. They, 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 they basically just – they're set at kind of their backfield. I don't know. They can use a piece, but they can go. They, can, they have bigger needs. Yeah. Right. So, and I have, I have a surprise – dangerous I have, game. I have a surprise suggestion. Surprise suggestion yes. for this pick. And I think uh, you guys are going to look at me like, huh? And I think the pick here should be Bijan Robinson. Oof, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Bijan Robinson should be the pick here for them because I don't believe David Montgomery signing means anything to them. I think David Montgomery's more he's a nice complimentary back, whatever. Yeah, but guys, you don't gotta agree with it. You don't gotta agree with it, Matt. I'm just saying Bijan Robinson is kind of like gives them a one two punch at running back. It takes more pressure off the D, off the offense uh, and off the uh, receivers and uh, off of Jared Goff to do more. And what they, about Swift? Yeah, I was thinking for that. What? But they, nice. they, who keeps Brett's ass about Swift? But John Robinson is a generational talent. He's a my good fan. fantasy football team cares. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll redraft him. <laughs> All right, all right, Megan, who do, you, who do you have here? So, Bijan Robinson for me is the pick, and I want, and I think it could happen. I think it could happen. So from personal experience, I know the Lions doesn't love Swift, even though Swift is every time he had a ball in his hands, he made a play. But I know they just yeah. But I get well, yeah, I found well he any injuries, but he was he's a big I mean he's the biggest playmaker arguably on that team when he when right. he was playing right. Now, uh, I think it's a fair that's a fair one, but I feel like given the coach, like given this, uh, you know, he seems like a player's coach and how good and overturned that system all came about this last few years. I can see them picking actually Jalen Carter. The best they need to beef up that defensive see, line well. And that's kind of where I've been going back and forth. Yes, and it's a Detroit. I mean, it's not Carter nothing new. and Christian Gonzalez. It's nothing new that they they take risks on guys. It's, before. it's not. I'm telling you now. I don't think it's Christian Gonzalez just for the fact that they have they 
threw money at the cornerback position. It's a deep cornerback draft. They do have pick 18. So you even at pick 18, let's say if you don't go Christian Gonzalez, you can still end up with a guy like maybe potentially Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks. Uh, they still have Emmanuel Forbes back there. They have guys like Garrett Williams is back there. Uh, they have this, It's a good draft for corners. And the fact that you already threw money up that, I think at financially and again common sense would tell you if you have two first round picks two picks in the top 20 you already address that position in the offseason with free agency i'm not saying you can't throw another guy back there but now you can move another need on your team to the head front detroit's running game has been abysmal or non-existent for the past eight years at least they have not had any type of running game whatsoever having a detroit's Offensive line, by the way, and I'll give you, I'll, I'll throw a stat at you. Detroit's offensive line, they have, um, they drafted the same, they did the same thing last year where they drafted the uh, old lineman, Sewell, all over the flashy pick, right? Instead of Chase, uh, a couple years ago, sorry. So now they're going to go the flashy pick? Well, no, this is, not, this is not, actually, this is not the flashy pick. The flashy mm-hmm. pick will be go, go to get another receiver, go get JSN to pay, pay up with uh, um, St. Brown, right? Well, they just got Jamison Williams. Too, Look, so. right. So you have two receivers there. You have two receivers. You have their O line ranked second in pass pro, first in run and run. Elite offensive line. Elite. The reason they had so much success was because their O line was very, very, very good. That entire unit is coming back. Get yourself a cowbell running back, a guy that can make things happen after contact to pair I, up I David Montgomery. Listen, <laughs> I'm telling you now, I'm selling this the shit out of this, and I know it's good. They get this guy, you become a, a dominant offense. You go from being a very good offense to dominant. You can control the ball if you want to. You control clock if you want to. You can air it out if you want to. Dynamic. You give defenses headaches just trying to defend you. Bijan Robinson is the pick. I think he'd be perfect at six. Quick thing on Robinson. Like he is going to be a stud. I just think if you're taking Robinson, like a running back this early, it needs to be like you need to be one of the better teams, and it's a luxury pick where you don't have other a lot of other needs, and you can plug him in. So I'm gonna lean Carter because I think the idea sending him to Detroit, like that area, is pretty decent for him. Get him out of Georgia. Um, I think he's from Florida. Like, get him the hell away. Florida, man. <laughs> yeah, from Get him from away there. from the swamps. The swamps so, I mean, it, I know Megan said Jalen Carter, and I think I would go Jalen Carter here. Putting him next to um, Hutchinson, man, I think that could be special. I will say, Brian, I looking at the board, like, I think Robinson will go rather shortly after this, yeah. not too far. Uh, yeah. And then, they, I mean, they also drafted – I think they need more defense help than offensive help. The offense seems more set. Um, defensively, I think they need more help on it. And they did sign some cornerbacks, as you mentioned. And they drafted um, – Jeff – I can't know how to pronounce his last name. Sorry. But they drafted him. Okuda. Okuda, yeah, two seasons ago. They they drafted him. Uh, and yeah, he's still potentially there. Yeah, I mean, they can still it. use another body. But it's. I feel like they need more help on that defensive line. Yeah, let's, let's plug in – Let's Jill- override Brian and oh, plug in Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, then uh, over. Listen, if John Robinson goes to six of Detroit, people will lose their minds, and I'm here for the chaos. You, uh, you can you can <laughs> cut this clip and say I fucking told all of you. There you go. Yeah. I'm saving this one. All right, all right. Step into the Raiders. Joshie McDaniel's, who's putting together the Raiders West, um, actually the Patriots West, should I say? Uh, 
Who do you guys think is the pick here? And there's some interesting guys left on the board. You have Christian Gonzalez uh, still there, which I'm shocked, by the way. Anthony Richardson is still there. Paris Johnson is still there. Uh, man, there's a lot of yummy. So, so giving the hospital situation at QB, I'm not going actually QB with this. I'm just going But the second best thing for them to do, I think, is grab an offensive line, which the offensive line was – in it's kind of in shambles last season. I know they also need cornerback, but it seems like uh, they really support Jimmy Garoppolo. They, he, I mean, he's been around. He's been. You see him in meetings. You see him. Well, not meetings. We've seen him like with you know get the other guys on the team. Uh, calling the yeah. Calling the it a fumble with Brady and the the um, tuck rule piece of shit. <laughs> I, I think I think. So who are you going with here? Are you going to go with uh, Paris Johnson? No, I think they're going to go with Peter. Peter, I can't say his last name. Peter Skronsky. 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 Yeah. I like it. I like it. My, that's my pick, too. That's yeah, I like <laughs> let's it. go. We already won. <laughs> Here's why you guys are wrong. All right, this is why you guys are wrong. It's about 2-1. So, gotta... I'm not saying that that's not going to be the pick. I'm saying Your you're wrong. Your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> this is why I think you're wrong. I think the pick here is going to be a trade. I think they're going to trade is. back. I think, it's, I think this pick is going to get traded to number 11 to the Titans, where they're going to select Anthony Richardson. I think they're going to jump up in front of Atlanta, who they have Desmond, uh, Desmond Ryder, and who, you know, nice kid. He shows some stuff, some flashes. But to me, you know, like nothing proven. He wasn't a high draft pick, so they don't have to be completely in love with it. I'm fine I think, with rolling with that, Mox. So, I think that's – yeah, I think that's So I think the Raiders – are going to trade with the Titans, and Titans are going to jump up to seven ahead of Atlanta to get Anthony Richardson. All right, let's do it. But, I'm doing, I'm but doing. so I'm going to have to propose this trade to myself. I'm going to do it right now because I have to. Trade you don't to even myself. have. To, you don't even have to for the mock simulator. We can just pretend that. No, I mean, but I, I could do. I'm doing everything manually, so technically I can do it. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't think you. I thought we were pretty set on that, but then I, have to, so I didn't think about the trade. But that does make a lot of sense. No, I, I do think – I just wasn't sure if we were doing kind of – Trade. We were going to – yeah, full trade. Yeah, yeah, No, yeah. I mean, if they can trade back to 11 where they don't move that far back and, and get – I mean, you could probably get maybe one first next year, like their first next year or like two seconds. The only thing I'm going to yeah. do right now with uh, this right here is I'm going to just flip them. Flip I'm going to flip – Yeah, that's uh, fine. So, because we're not doing other rounds right now, yeah. so. You know, I would love. I mean, it's not gonna happen, but if, you know, Bill wants to use his connections. I would love them to go up there and grab Kristen Gonzalez, as Brian's, uh, as the agent. Man, I don't know. I, I I can't I can't justify in the first round for the Pats trading to up, trade up and using. I don't a bunch think it's gonna assets. happen. Yeah, they I don't have too many needs. They do, oh, but they do have a lot of. They do have a little middle round picks, and they do have a lot of losses. That's already set. They have. They need they do need they need a big playmaker. Yeah. They need they need a, they need top of the league talent. That's what this team needs. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you gonna pull up like put up this on the on the screen or something? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to do it right now. Uh, the trade, but it's giving, it's being glitching on me real quick. So give me bear with me one second yeah. as I uh, as I put this together again. Will Levis is at four. We said Will Anderson at five. Mm-hmm. We said who is that six? Who's six? Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see Jalen Carter's not, he's not taking visits outside the top ten. Yeah. No, he's not. What a uh, 
I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, sounds like you have something to get off your chest, Matt. What, what's going on there? What's going on, buddy? Uh, is there something something on your mind? I think uh, Jalen Carter cut his connection. Oh, yeah, John <laughs> Carter cut off Matt's connection. Uh, hold on, I'm doing this trade, guys. I'm doing this trade, and so he can move in. Do you think it's gonna for the trades up for the first round? Do you, you think it's gonna be hefty this season? Or you think because a lot of guys are gonna be sliding because it's a QB happy first, you know, ten, first ten picks? Um, it could be. It could be. Oh, Matt, Matt's back. Is Matt back? Matt, you yes. back? Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, okay, good. Uh, we're we're having a. We're having all kinds of technical differences. All right, so guys, I'm gonna. This thing is glitching on me, and it's not letting me do the trade. So for now, let's instead of giving the trade to the Raiders, let's just pretend we give the seventh pick to the Raiders because it's not. I want to be able to show this when post it up once we do our draft. So since the technology is not cooperating with us for some reason, we'll go ahead and just uh, proceed with the Raiders as the seventh pick. So Megan, what's the seventh pick? You, I can you want? I you, guys hear you, just, I you guys want a Skaronsky, right? At seven? Skaronsky? Y- yes. If, okay. I mean, if they don't trade it, I think that's the way to If go. they don't trade, let's pretend there's no trade on this one. Okay. We're going to put Skaronsky at seven. So, Megan, give me your pick for eight. Give me your case for number eight. I think that's where Kristen Gonzalez goes. Um, I mean, Atlanta has a lot of needs. They can, they, I mean, they probably, they swear up and down they're going with, they're sticking with Desmond Riddler for the quarterback. Um, so, I mean, they could grab a quarterback here, but I feel like I do believe them when they say that. And I think they take the best talent on the board in Christian Gonzalez and Philly. Okay. I agree. So Christian Gonzalez, I mean, it's all unanimous, right? I, I, I would take Christian Gonzalez too at this point. I think you don't yeah. pass up like a, the only, the only thing I could say for Atlanta is they might need a receiver and they need a receiver. I mean, they could go a line. Yeah. They, they go a lot of things. But they, they need somebody. I, I feel like since they got rid of Calvin Ridley, uh, they would need someone to fill that void because they they were scheduled to have Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Drake London. Now they only have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and then that's kind of all they have. And you know, as far as that goes, and maybe they want to follow the trend where they want to give a young QB on a rookie deal, uh, the most amount of weapons possible, right? To go out there and see if he can put up numbers with elite talent. The only reason I'm I'm agreeing with you guys on Christian Gonzalez is one, Christian Gonzalez is a stud, and the fact that he's available at eight is criminal. Second of all, they've already did the wide receiver in the first round, the top ten thing last year, and so maybe they want to go in a different direction. And tight end the year before. Right. Yeah. So they've they've got offensive. Dude, lockdown, yeah. lockdown corners are are irre- right. like they're so valuable to have a lockdown corner. So yeah, I mean I'd go. Gonzalez and, and not look yeah, back. So. Yeah, I think I think you get Christian Gonzalez at at, at eight, and it, they and they can look at weapons like Josh Downs or somebody else to fill in that void in that in that offense in the later rounds. Um, I, I think this is one of the first ones where we're all kind of unanimous where this pick yeah. should, should be Christian Gonzalez. You yeah, know? let's jump let's jump to nine. I mean, jump nine with the Bears. I I the also Bears. think I think this Skronsky with going seven. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is kind of should be at least unanimous yeah. for, for what they need uh, and going Paris Johnson. Yeah. Um, I, it's a home I run disagree. hit for them. Whoa. Oh, come on, man. I, I, we were so close. I they disagree. Desperately they missed out on Orlando Brown, I think, for a reason. They didn't pay up for, I think, for a reason. Listen, they need a guy in the back end of their defense. 
they That's fine. That's fine. But they did go out and make some signings for that, did they not? Ooh. Not tackle, not the top, not for a top tackle. It's a deep draft. They have, they can still get a legitimate tackle, right? They still can get a legitimate tackle in the second round. They have to they like, get a legitimate corner in the second round. That's yeah, true. You can get a better. But, yeah, I think the odds are. But, but, but there's better. The level of tackle to drop off, right, from the first round to the second round, is not as deep as the level of corner of the back. Uh, uh, no, there isn't. You're, you're, you're going to tell me a, a Joey Porter Jr. Or, or somebody like that is the level is not more. It's not wider from Joey Porter Jr. to the next guy who could be Emmanuel Forbes. I feel I, like there's a I bigger mean, drop at tackle. I think realistically, no, that, Darnell that right, right Anton Harris. Like, there's a lot of good tackles. That could yeah, but a lot play. of them, a lot of them, at least two of them might go in the first round. Yeah. By the time they pick again at like 34. There's Joey a real Porter chance. Not, Joey Porter Jr. is not even my pick, by the way. It's Brian Branch. At, it, Brian at Branch. At nine? Brian yeah. Branch. Brian yeah. Branch will be the pick out of Chicago for number nine pick. Again, they lost Atmos. They have no safety. They've been bad. As they let, they've, they've been really willful. I think it's Kyle Fuller. They've, they're back in on their defense. They're, they're, not, they're not good. You guys don't believe me. Go look at their roster. Go look at who's starting in that back end. They need someone who's versatile. Chicago likes guys who can play versatile, quick, fast, that that can be kind of like a center fielder. The only guy in this draft that can play that position to that point out of that free safety spot where they can be like, okay, this guy can roam around the field and make plays all over the field and be a ball hawk is Brian Branch. Brian Branch would be my pick for the Bears at number nine. Belichick's so mad at you right now. I feel feel like... I'm a big fan of Brian Branch. But that's too early. He's a good... He's so good. He's just just a good player that fits into the scheme. You could still get some... They have picked 33. You could still end up with either Darnell Wright, Dewan Jones, uh, Andrew Harris. One of those guys is going to fall to the second round. I think there's like an outside chance he might be there at 33. He will. Because there's always guys like, oh, this guy's definitely not getting past this point. And then when you when you look at your list, like, oh, you have 40 guys that are not going to get past 15. Like, someone's going to drop. Someone and, always drops. Someone yeah. So drops. it might it might be. I think like I, I'm a fan of Brian Branch, and if the Pats took him at 14, like I wouldn't be angry because I think he is going to be a good player. I tweeted about him today. But like I. I, man, dude, at nine, I mean, I'm, Paris I'm, Johnson I'm sitting over, there. I'm overruled because you guys so, showed Paris Johnson. So Paris Johnson. Yeah, all right, let's, yeah. let's move on. But he's uh, also, he's projected as safety too, and safety is not really as valued as it used to it, be. It, it depends yeah. on what kind of safety. Again, he's the only player in this draft where I feel like he can play the center field Devin McCourty type. Like, I don't see anyone else that can play that field with that type of range, that type of speed, that type of vision. He's a ball hog. He's a hard hitter. He's a guy who can... I like him a lot. I, he's I like a good him. player, but there's not... I feel like for top end, for future tough tackles, I feel like there's only three, right. like, as far as top tackles in this draft. Number 10. Yep. Number 10. Number 10. Hold on, hold on. All right, number 10. Deshaun Robinson deserves to Thank be this Yes, big. I agree. Deshaun okay, that's my pick. this big. Unanimous. Fine. Great. That's yes, good. that's my pick. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you the difference between six. Because here's the difference. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl this past year. Not only that, they have two picks in the top 20, I mean, in the first round. They are the team that could be a luxury. Now, add B. John Robinson next to Jalen Hurts, and 
and add that with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, like good fucking luck stopping them. Yeah. And then Penny's finally. not really not not really relied on for because of all the injuries. I'm so. glad you guys finally see the vision I always that I have for this draft board, okay? Bijan Robinson is the pick. They lost Miles right. Sanders. They, they need a guy who can pound the rock. I know they signed uh, the guy from Seattle. I forgot what his name was. Um, was it Rashard? Was it Rashard? Rashard Penny? Did he sign with the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as yeah. the Patriots signing James Robinson. He's just a guy who signed there for like a year. He's not a long-term solution for them. But John Robinson is a generational talent. He can pound the rock. He can yeah. give so much. He, him and Jalen Hurts can literally run the ball for like 3,000 yards. It's yeah. insane. It's a luxury pick, but it's a pick they could get. At and look at this. Look, at, look how the board fell for Tennessee. We talked about trading up to three. They didn't need to make the trade. They went ahead and got Anthony. They're going to get Anthony Richardson. They're going to probably push out Ryan Tannehill. Uh, may, I would assume that they this can, no, Ryan they can sit him. He's a good bridge QB yeah. for a year. Yeah, yeah. They, they can have Richardson sit for a year. And I'll say this. If they don't go quarterback, I think you would have to go. Like, let's say they traded – someone traded up and Skronsky didn't go to seven. Uh, you know, if, if Skronsky or Paris Johnson's there, then they probably go one of them. All right, number twelve to the Texans, sure. and uh, maybe uh, Roger Jones. Number twelve to the Texans is Quentin Johnson. That would be my pick. That's what was on. I feel like Casero likes those big, long stride, high upside, boomer bust potential wide receivers. They lost Brandon Cooks. They want to give a. Uh, a big target, someone to their new franchise quarterback that they had going to get in uh, C.J. Stroud. You could put, you make the argument that they could go O-line. You could make the argument that they could go um, D-line. I mean, the, the Texans have both. I think, yeah, I think it's wide receiver. I think, I, I like, I like, right. I like JSN more than Quentin Johnson. Right. But I think at this point, they, Casero is a senile fuck. And he will give them Quentin Johnson. I don't think he gives them JSN. I hate Casero with a passion. <laughs> I think Quentin Johnson is the pick just because I feel like I think pro scouts and other people are higher on Quentin Johnson than us, you know, us the fans and us people who the are. upside's the there. Yeah, he's just upside. Unless you're Pia. Yeah. So Quentin Johnson, I, I will, I'm going to slot Quentin Johnson at 12 over JSN, and this is starting to build uh, a real nice conundrum for the Patriots. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to put Quentin Johnson at 12. I, See, as well. I think it's JSN just because I feel like they seem like they're trying to win now, and I feel like JSN's more ready. I feel it, like makes sense. it makes sense that if JSN goes to... But you don't trust Nick. But I don't trust Nick Cicero to make the correct decision. Just That's how I'm putting Quentin Johnson. Like, like oh, this makes I... sense? Oh, they can do this guy. Oh. Uh, so it's your call, Maddie. You mean I'm the tiebreaker? Yes, you're the tiebreaker. I will go with Quentin Johns. There you go. See Are you guys it? trying to get the pages to draft JSN? Is this what's going on here? <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it. Reason. Don't, don't sleep on Mechie that they took last year. Yeah. I think they're a fan of him. And they just draft, They just signed Robert Woods for for, I think, two years. Mm-hmm. Like, not that that really should matter if they went JSN, 
But I, I, the upside, they need the big body. They need the big they body. Do. So That's I, true. I, That's they true. need a bigger body receiver out there. They don't have it. Like you said, they have Mechie, who is they expected to come and compete in, in the uh, first spot this year. Uh, Mechie can play the slot. Mechie can play the in and out. They have Robert Woods who can play uh, kind of that Y position. So they get they need the big X, the big X, big body receiver. They've always gone for big X receivers from you know from uh, DeAndre Hopkins to um, the guy from. I forgot the. I can't remember his name right now. The, um, he used to play for the University of Miami. Um, Johnson was it? Joe Johnson? No, well, who was? Who's, I'm Will thinking. Fuller, not Will Fuller. No, not Will Fuller. There was another guy. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Yeah. Johnson yeah. Big body guys. Yeah, yeah. Guys that yeah. you know. Guys that could go out there. Quentin Johnson's the pick for me. I think I'm more comfortable with Quentin Johnson. Now 13. Uh, we're gonna move on to the Jets, and uh, I think they're gonna go with uh, a pick that people are not really expecting. Uh, people to go, but it's not. I don't think it's a bad pick, but I think they're gonna go with Broderick Jones. I, sw- I think that's kind of that's what I have expected. I feel like there's not a lot of yeah. buzz. there's not a lot of buzz, but Mika- uh, Becton, I feel like the guy who drafted a couple years ago, he hasn't been like he hasn't produced with them. He has just like, mm-hmm. you know, this is really, a guy. That can... I think they could go in so many different directions here. Like they if they took Lexi. Miles Murphy, I would be I would not be shocked if they took Devin Witherspoon and put him opposite of. Uh, oh, that would be Gardner. nasty. That would be nasty. Yeah, like, yeah. like that could be. But I agree. I mean, they want to put Jones at left tackle and and build them there. I, I, I'm fine with going Jones. Yeah, they've been looking for that. I think that offensive tackle for a while now. And it seems like if they get Rodgers, they have some leeway and some time. Maybe just to have whoever's them sit there. there. Yeah, whoever's yeah. back there, whoever's back there, they need to solidify their offensive line. And I feel mm-hmm. like. Given you they went out and got Alan Lazard, that you already have Garrett Wilson back mm-hmm. there. You know they traded Elijah Moore, so you can make a case that they could go potentially for a wide receiver. But they still have Corey Davis out there, so I feel like they have enough guys back there at receiver where they're not going to prioritize a guy like JSN. I know people have him slotted JSN, uh, and obviously at this point, I honestly feel like you get JSN and Garrett Wilson in the same team. I mean, I that will break my heart into a million pieces. But I, you know, I think that their O line seems to be one of their weakest points. Yeah. yeah, and protecting the quarterback, whoever it is back there, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is, if you put Aaron Rodgers back there, you're going to need to protect them at as best as any quarterback possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think Roderick Jones makes too much sense here. Yes, and you take that option right, with man, the Patriots. Look who falls! Look who falls! The fourteen. Yeah, so, but dude, I, I mean, Witherspoon and JSN. You have Joey Porter. If this draft, I mean, if this this could be this is a dream draft scenario for the Patriots, as of, or at least Patriots fans, because you're like, okay, they could go Witherspoon, JSN, they can go Joey Porter Jr., they can go Lucas Van Ness, who's still sitting out there in from Iowa. They have a ton of options, and here's who I think they'll take. They're going to take Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Ooh, can we? So I think people are gonna throw rocks. Well, I thought people were gonna throw rocks on me until you said that. So <laughs> so I'll just say trade back. I don't love either of the players. Well, this I think um, yeah. with Devin, I feel like he's just too grabby for me. Uh, he kind of loses his guys a little bit. He doesn't. He has good makeup speed, but you know to stick his eyes. He's a great. Tackler. He, has a, he has a good tackler, but and then I don't the, the tackles. I feel like you can trade back to get any of them. And the wide receivers, I like Jay Flowers as a better fit, just because like I said, you need someone that can separate. So I, believe, I, feel, I would agree. I would agree. I just don't trust them taking a receiver at 14. One, this, I don't trust them. If this is the scenario that plays out, 
I would like to say have them move back, and even it could be a tiny little move back. Like let's say this hypothetical, you trade back to Washington. Washington jumps Green Bay to take Miles Murphy. They both need edge guys. Miles Murphy is potentially a top ten talent. They add ninety seven from Washington. They add a third round pick, and if Washington went Miles Murphy, Green Bay. Let's say just Green Bay takes JSN. They want to add another talent for for Jordan Love. Then you're Wait. sitting at sixteen. But we have a seven. have a seven fourteen. What's who's fourteen? I, I mean, if if they, I would say trade. I would trade back in this scenario. Yeah, trade if back. If I if I had to make a pick, I would I would take JSN. Right. All right. So bearing it, we're not doing any trades right now because again, the simulator is not cooperating when it comes to trades. So if the pick for you would be Jason. I think he's Darnell Wright, three-year starter. They worked with him at the Senior Bowl. They, he's basically, he's been rising up draft boards. And I think he's a lot higher on draft boards than a lot of people were expecting him to do. There's been a lot of buzz on Darnell Wright. And I've actually heard from two, two beat guys, all right, where they told me that they really like one of the tackles that, that they've worked at. They really, like, they're really high on them. My best guess is it's a guy who they've gotten, they've gotten the ex- more extensive look with has been Darnell Wright. And I feel Wait, was he at the senior bowl Darnell Wright's going to be there. Yeah. I, I, I cannot remember. I, I think he was at the senior bowl because he's a three-year starter and he's a team captain. Okay, so, I so the think, Pats, Pats are at the Shrine Bowl. So, they, I mean, they didn't they, – I'm sure they'll have plenty of experience. And I do think Wright is going to be a very good right tackle. I just think if you're thinking Wright, like, I don't know, man, a 14, like – I would tr- I would just trade back and, and get more value. Yeah. But you cannot trade back, Matt. So you, I need, uh, you All guess, right, so I, I will go JSN. I will right. go JSN. I say so, Darnell Wright. So right now, everybody's split, right? So this, okay. is, what's gonna happen. this is how we're going to break this tar breaker. So we're all going to move out to our backup player. And then we're going to have to see who, if the backup player matches up with what we're thinking. So my first pick is Darnell. You're JSN. And Megan, what's you? Oh, man. Zay Flowers, even Zay. though I don't like the portrait here. Yeah, so see, we're all... And so I just changed my answer to Zay Flowers, so that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> <what> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Listen, because, like, no, no, offensive no, no, tackle no, is a need, well, wait, is a need, Megan, but that's... But, like... I think backup uh, plan going to be... Right, it's going to be right. Uh, what's your backup plan? What's your backup plan, Megan? My plan is actually the tackle, because it's a need, right? Like, so who is it? I don't. It's it's Donald right? Because like no. I, I, if they can't get if they can't get Paris, All if right. they can't get Banch Johnson, if they don't if they can't get Gonzalez, if they can't get um, Broderick Jones, I feel like the move is to trade back. All right. What's my your back, backup? What's your backup? So my, say my Flowers backup in this or, scenario would. Oof. I would say my backup scenario would be Zay Flowers. <laughs> me. <laughs> I know fourteen is, but I think I think he's thinking hyped up. You're going to get a little Spoon is my number three. Like, I, Zay Flowers is definitely Spoon. All right, so Zay Flowers, we got, we got Zay Flowers in a backup and a main, right? No, no, no mains. No, yeah, because Megan had him as Zay Flowers as a, as a main. Mm-hmm. You had him as a backup, but she also has backup as Darnell Wright. Mm-hmm. I have Darnell Wright. So, again, the bar, the record goes to me, and I would choose Zay Flowers as this pick. So, Zay Flowers would get the unanimous vote three to two over Darnell Wright. Does that make you happy? Sure. That, that's fine. Does that make yeah, that you happy? Right, because I was gonna say Jordan Addison, so just so you lose your mind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it would be patriot. It would be patriot like, right? To have us all have get all happy and excited Jordan for Addison, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison's already met with the Patriots twice. Guys, so, guys, so guys. So Jay Fowler. 
Six o'clock in the morning, Zay Flowers. Six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I thought Zay Flowers is a Patriot. I don't know why we're playing around with this. It's Guys, Zay we're, Flowers. We're, we're taking John Michael Schmitz at 14. So, <laughs> yeah, I would uh, say, yeah. No, it's probably going to be Brian Branch. Actually, no, it's going to be Hendon Hooker. He's going to be the guy <laughs> at 14, and we're all going to rejoice. Hendon all right, all right. All right, Zay Flowers is the pick at 14. We can kind of wrap it up there. Yeah, that's the pick. I don't care about you, Packers. I simply don't. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, if the draft falls this way, I think the Patriots will be very lucky. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of pissed off Patriots fans that JSN is still on the board. Uh, he got, you know, basically overlooked. I mean, just great players still going to be left on this board. Miles Murphy, Devon Witherspoon, JSN, Brian Brise, Brian Branch, my guy. You know, Lucas Van Ness is going to be over there. Like, Joy Porter, and I, I would not rule it out that someone uh, takes uh, Nolan Smith from Georgia in the top 10. In the top 10. It'll happen. Combine Warriors, Combine Warriors sell, and there's always a GM who's a sucker that is willing to take that. That's fair. Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith. Remember the name, Nolan Smith Tom Tet. All right. All right, Matt. Top 10. Nolan Smith. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you, Sammy? What's what Sammy said? <laughs> He's going to take. No, I could, I, I could, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I just, I don't see, I, there's too many other needs. And I, Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson are above them, I think, for most everybody. Yeah. Um, and then there's still plenty of other DNs that could go. But, now, for those who are uh, listening to this podcast, by the way, don't forget that we're going to do this a full first round. We're going to dedicate the whole podcast to the first full round first round okay now we're not doing second third or fourth next week and uh every host will pick a team like literally will be like one two three four so let's say it's me you jr megan's all here so we'll randomize it unless megan gets picked three so she every th- every third pick that's who she'll be in charge of picking so right now if there was every third pick she would be in we charge of picking the no, we can not wear suits. <laughs> like Megan will pick the Cardinals, and she will pick the Lions, and she yeah. will pick the Bears, and she will pick, like it will yeah, go yeah. like rotate. So we will do that to the first round. That's the way we throw each other off. You know, like instead of doing the vote thing, we'll kind of just pick the best player that we think is best for that team, and then whichever other person gets the we best just team, react from it. we just react right, and yeah. just like. And then when I take all the most crazy uh, players that you guys don't like, uh, it's just Matt will have a meltdown when I take Bajan Robinson. At number six to the to the Lions. <laughs> not allowed to get six picks. I'm gonna get a pick, Matt. It's gonna happen. So no, uh, not the sixth one. You can have the, you can have whatever ends up. With the oh Eagles. man. Um. Yeah. You guys just better pray I don't get the Patriots one because the guys are gonna be pissed when I take Darnell Wright <laughs> or Jordan Addison instead. I'll I'll be okay. With, I just not and the 14. I feel like 14 is not the right. I don't be mad at the player. Just the the point if, about if, him. Dude, I don't. If we take Cole, I don't give a shit. It's yeah. all strange. If we could take Cole Strange at 31 or whatever the fuck That's we took on, we, we could take fucking Darnell Wright That's at 14. Okay. Right. I don't give a shit who they take in the end as long as he ends up a good player. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, if, he ends up if they end up a stud, they could, uh, like, if they took Bijan Robinson at 14 and he ends up being a superstar running back, am I going to be angry? No, I'm not. Like, when we talk with John Robinson. When we, John, listen, when we take Bajan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs back to back, it's going to be chills. <laughs> oh, I don't want to run him back. Like, I don't want them to go running back. But yeah. again, like, if the guy ends up a star, like, is anybody going to be angry? 
No. So wait, do you trade Stevenson in that point and pick up an EB a second day two pick? No, you no. you run both. You run both. You can play both. Both of them can receive be out of the backfield. Both of them can catch. Use both. Look, but, you so you draft the first round of a running back in the first round. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want them to. It sounded like you were making a just, case that you were, man. I no, 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 no. You got, you got Brian all. If they went running back, like, oh, I'm just saying, if it doesn't matter the position so much in the end, as more of just hitting. If you hit on the guy, that's like, it will help the team one way or another. Like, they get their new punter. I, so it could be. Yeah, okay, I'll have a punter and kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you boy. get what I'm saying, obviously. So it's like, it's just, hey, that's it's not going to be mad at us. Yeah, we, got, we, understand, we understand. We understand. All right, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up, guys. We've been we've, we've all oh, two hours. Jesus Christ, um, wow. this was a long draft. Uh, this is a long uh, pod, but it was definitely a fun one. Uh, we hope that Megan comes and joins us regularly. Uh, it was really fun having you, and always a pleasure with Matt C talking and all his handsomeness. Now uh, we're gonna go around the virtual room. Matt C, tell us what the people on the interwebs can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at Macator5. I will be dropping my Patriots mock draft 3.0, uh, hopefully by Saturday. So likely after, maybe before this. this draft. And you will find me All disagreeing right. with every single pick. No, 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 no. You're going to like the first two picks. I'm telling you. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. You don't take Bijan at six. Uh, Megan, <laughs> as always, again, thanks for, a lot for joining us. Where can the people find you online? Thank you for having me. They can find me online at Megan Holden uh, 98 throughout Twitter, Instagram. Awesome. Same thing. Check her out. Check her out. Uh, she always uh, spits hot fire on the timeline. And you can find me at TTM Brian on Twitter. You can also follow our media handle at Title Talk Media on Twitter as well. We will be dropping some, these episodes uh, on YouTube and we will be trying to. Uh, do spaces, live spaces, where we can go ahead and uh, interact uh, with the people online uh, and just kind of take questions. We will be doing a mailbag also. Uh, I'm going to try to get it going by next week. Uh, Maddie C will be, uh, since he gets all the questions, because he's so good looking, he will go ahead and just be in charge of that. I'm putting him in charge of that. And uh, again, email thanks. Bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can, again, guys, thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, we will catch you uh, next week. Adios. Bye. Oh, thank you.